and boom goes the dynamite. And boom goes the dynamite. Welcome to episode 74 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how you doing this fine WrestleMania weekend? I'm happy to inform you that Teddy Hart did walk into my room unannounced while trying to make this podcast, but he was uh, turned away at the gate and uh, will not be welcome at any future events. Uh, Will he be getting his ass kicked if he tries to show up again? I'm not fighting the guy. I was just, uh, you know, asked nicely. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just didn't want any confrontation between the cats. Yeah, I, I feel that. Yeah, you know. That's what I'm uh, more afraid of. Oh, boy. So, uh, yeah, it's WrestleMania weekend. Uh, we have some and stuff. And it's going well. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, we, we, we have some things to discuss regarding that. But we're going to say that to the end of the show, just so we can keep it chronologically like, you know, we, we uh, I mean, some stuff already went down. Yeah, I mean, so stuff did went down. But again, we want to keep it chronological. So, yeah, there's some chronology at hand. Yeah, we, we, we do like to keep it chronological. So, you know, it, the most chronological wrestling podcast. More and more are saying this. I'm hearing it all the time. <laughs> We love but, how chronological you guys are. But, uh, yeah. And I, and I always tell them, yep, we do uh, AEW Dynamite in order. Uh, uh, you know, on a linear uh, uh, time uh, line. Yeah, we, 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 yeah we, we don't have that Lovecraftian, uh, you know, outside of time and space ge- geometry at work here. It's just... Yeah, we're, uh, it's just going to be like... A, it's going to be the Tarantino wrestling podcast. We're just going to, like, kind of jump around. Like, we'll do... Uh, an episode from like last month and then we'll do one like two weeks from now and then we'll do a pay-per-view for next year yeah that's right because you know that, that, that that's how it works so because we have invented time travel i talked to Kishida, and uh he gave me the time machine i split some time and here we are i thought we uh didn't we uh we we've already discussed time travel a couple times on this show i think well, time travel and wrestling have a long history i mean you have the aforementioned Kushida. uh you have the famous new day time machine segment oh that's uh, right yeah great segment there so yeah wrestling and time travel uh intertwined did you see either dark elevation or dark this week yeah, I did. Um, this was actually interesting. So early in the 21st century, the Tyrell Corporation advanced robot evolution into the <laughs> nexus space of being virtually identical to a human known as a replicant. Have you heard about this, Jeff? Replicants? Um, <laughs> Replicants. 
were superior in strength and agility, and at least equal in intelligence to the genetic engineers who created them. God damn it, that's Blade Runner. I was watching Blade Runner. You know, I, I could do an entire five-hour podcast about Blade And it still would be shorter than both movies it, put together. Oh, no, the first movie. Well, no, the first movie was a standard-length movie. I don't know what yeah, you're I guess, talking yeah, about. The final cut of Blade Runner is what comes in an hour fifty-five. Yeah, it's Blade Runner. Yeah, because That's that was annoying. back in the day when they use actual film, and you know they had budgets to do that. Yeah, now yeah. everything's filmed digitally, so that's why movies are now like three and a half hours now. So, um, has got the green light. He's gonna make stuff. Um, that being said, yeah, God, I could. Yeah, it, but by the way, <laughs> uh, Blade Runner does take place in the past now, as of. Uh, as true. of as of the month that Dynamite premiered, it is, it takes place in the past. So that's true. We, so we, we, could do, we could do a whole we could do a whole movie uh, a whole podcast about movies that now take place in the past that are was supposed to be far future. You know, yeah, like two thousand one, a space odyssey. Um, I was thinking Terminator because Ju- Judgment yeah. Day was in August nineteen ninety seven. True. I think one of the Duke Nukem games is set in like a far future, and it's like 1996. Yeah. Well, somebody was passing around the uh, the the the, uh, the 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 clip from Harvey Birdman with the the Jetsons. They were oh, from the, the far future of 2002, <laughs> and he looked at his calendar. It says 2004. And nice. I was like, I, I remember when uh, when Scott McCloud, uh, when he was doing his uh, his Zot comic book in the 80s, uh, made that same joke. With a, a a kid who the the titular uh, Zot had come from 1965, but it was like an alternate 1965 where it looked like you know what they thought the future was going to look like in the you 1920s. You can't cross those timeline streams. You can't yeah. cross those streams. I uh my I always think about the uh, Harvey Birdman episode and sort of tangentially related to the Jetsons one, the Flintstones Harvey Birdman episode uh, that features Fred Flintstone as a Tony Soprano character. Oh, uh, I remember that. It's yeah. so good. I always think about that one. It's just classic, brilliant yeah, TV. Harvey Birdman. Great show. Hey, you remember who? Uh, remember, remember who did the voice of Phil Ken Seven, right? That would be one uh, Stephen Colbert. That's correct. When 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 Stephen Colbert. When Stephen Colbert. Whatever happened to him? I don't know. He just started doing some some bullshit show. No one cares. So anyway, back, uh, back 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 to the bullshit shows. Nobody cares. He likes uh, he likes to resist. <laughs> Dark, dark, uh, dark elevation and dark. Uh, did you see any of them or no? No, 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 no I didn't. Okay, we didn't. All right, well, cool. That, that that'll shave about you know five minutes off. The show. That gives uh, us yeah, it gives us about a good three and a half. We can cut down and talk <laughs> about uh, WrestleMania weekend. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. Let's go live to Daly's place in Jacksonville, Florida, for episode seventy-four of AEW Dynamite. Your hosts, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. Uh, we start up with a fade up and the inner circle arriving in really expensive sports cars. Uh, Just the boys, the boys out having a good time. That's me and the homies when the vaccine antibodies kick in. That's right, uh, and, and the and the five G too, right? Yep, we're all going to Dubai. We're renting Lamborghinis. Uh, I'm getting a pet Falcon. I'm getting into falconry. <laughs> you and Shingo Takagi, huh? Yep, getting <laughs> yeah. into falconry. Uh, and then they announce that later in the show we will have an appearance by Mike Tyson, and oh god, I I just my eyes just rolled right back into my head. It's Mike Tyson, you know. I mean, there's you know, there's definitely a place for it. Yeah, fuck I, uh, Mike Tyson. 
I have a complicated, uh, obviously, history and feelings on Mike Tyson as a you know kid who grew up a boxing fan from a very young age. Um, and, you know, this isn't the podcast or platform for it, but people like Mike Tyson and their story and their journey, I think there is a conversation to be had about what does that to society mean and when do people get to move on from their transgressions? You know what I mean? I, I, uh, I, I, I... I get that, but you know, I could still be distaste, you know, ha- have distaste for. Yeah, and I think that that's totally fair. Absolutely, person, and and not want to see them on my uh, on my you know televised wrestling programs because of it. I mean, yeah, yeah, he he deserves to live. I just don't want to see him on my TV. You know, right? You know, th- th- this is wrestling where you know he's not even like the fourth worst guy to be uh, around this weekend, probably. Well, that that much is is possibly true. But with that, we go into our first match of the evening, in which uh, Adam Page takes on Platinum Max Caster. And uh, actually, yeah, I thought this match was actually pretty good. Max Caster can wrestle. Uh, he's you know mostly known for his his little raps and stuff, which he did get a a little a little falling down like Joe Biden line in this week. Really likes the uh, the anti Democrat jokes. Yeah, really likes, it, it, yeah, he really likes. I, I think I think there's something that we can uh, we can gleam about Max Caster's personality. I think Max likes to trigger those libs. Uh, yeah. If but... I were to venture a guess, I think Max likes to likes to epically trigger libs troll style. Perhaps, but does that make him a, a maggot shot, or does that make him no, I don't a far a leftist? <laughs> no, no, I don't. No, I think he's like a. I I'd probably think he's probably some sort of weird libertarian edge lord. That would be my guess. I don't think he's left wing, but I don't think he's a real far right wing either. You know that that might be the case. I think he's like a weird online. Like his politics is internet. Yeah, it, just internet shit posting. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I where I, what I get from him. The vibes I get. And I do think that's a funny like to bring to your wrestling character in two thousand twenty one. You know, I, <laughs> like he, it, it is pretty successful. Like if he gets a lot of heat for it, good. Um, Adam Page gets the win with the buckshot Larry, which he had to do a couple of times, to- uh, make a couple of attempts at that. <clears throat> yeah, no, Max looked really strong, and there is one uh, nit I want to pick on this match. Um, a spot that I'm not a huge fan of and that's the like dirty finish false finish spot so anthony ago or anthony bowens i'm sorry i got the wrong anthony there uh bowens uh gives caster the uh the knuckles the 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 chain with the the big plate and he uses it as knuckles right hits mm-hmm. adam page and those are kind of spots where if you're gonna do them make them like actually like uh alter the result of the match i think it's kind of a cop out where that i think that happens too often and it didn't really do it for me here in this match. But that's going to be a theme of the show because a lot of stuff didn't do it for me on this one. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. Yeah, spoilers. Yeah, this this episode is not I think, great. You know, it's not, a lot it's of, not great. <laughs> and I think a lot of, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you have been listening, you probably know that I like to approach everything on this show with the benefit of the doubt and try to find a positive before I go looking for negatives. But I'm going to probably shit on something that happened in every segment of this show. Yeah, yeah, and understandably. Um, that being said, they did announce it was National Beer Day on on, on Wednesday. Who knew? But uh, well, it ended in Y, so you already knew it was for me. Hey, hey, as I drink a funky Buddha hard seltzer. Uh, yeah, I haven't cracked in the alcohol yet, but uh, I just went shopping, including uh, buying myself a, a birthday gift because you deserve it. that because that is next. Uh, that is 
this coming Tuesday, by the way. For anybody who wants to wish me a happy birthday, hit us up. Happy at, birthday. Uh, uh, hit us up at BGTD Podcast. Uh, find out uh, Jeff's Venmo and give him all of your money. Uh, uh, I don't uh, have a Venmo. Sign, but... give, give Jeff power of attorney to your 401k for yeah, his birthday. There you go. Uh, I also, uh, be, be, uh, uh, yeah, so I, I ended up with a bottle of, uh, of Japanese single malt whiskeys. Yeah. Which I've never yeah. had a Japanese whiskey before. So, oh, all right. so happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to you. We then get a segment with Tony Schiavone interviewing the reunited El Triangolo de la Muerte. And, uh, yeah, I am so fucking hyped for this unit still. Oh yeah, I mean this is yeah this is the the pinnacle this is the real pinnacle yeah the real the pinnacle. pinnacle um they get interrupted by the best friends and Orange Cassidy and uh, and Chris Tatlander who I guess are are now just hanging out they're yep. all hanging out and together I love that we just restarted this angle just came right back out and said okay now that everyone's back and now everyone's good let's uh, jump right back into this thing that was working prior to the plethora of injuries that both factions faced yeah indeed and well you know the pandemic too uh, pandemic also was part of it but I, I mean you know the show kept going on you know post pandemic and I'll, and obviously uh, uh, not getting uh, uh, Billy Big Bollocks over there was tough but here we are and uh best friends death triangle i think it's really gonna work i'm very excited for that but it it was a good little segment because because you know it 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 seeded a future feud rather than starting a current one because you know pac you know pac made the point of like you know you wanted to challenge the future (laughs) aew tag team champions which was a good tease you know them already assuming that they're gonna win and kind of you know building something for us the fans to look forward to should death triangle uh pull it off you know they have those seeds planted but you know if it doesn't go that way and if uh, the young bucks keep the belts that feud's still there yeah in the chamber yeah and and great because i think a a a, a trios match between you know billy big fish bollocks um you know pento Cerramiedo y ray phoenix against uh you know trent you know dustin greg and orange cassidy perfect yeah it's money and i'm hoping we find a uh, a nice addition uh to death triangle to maybe counter the chris statlander effect really hope it's thunder rosa but uh there are a lot of uh really talented uh uh women on the roster that could fill that spot oh how about this well we well, you know in honor of one of the dumbest threads i've ever read on twitter Ooh. where somebody claimed that alien was not a horror movie because horror oh. movies cannot happen in space oh i see where this is going how about Ab- let's get Abaddon? Ah, uh, yeah, that's where this was going. <laughs> I'm really into that. Holy shit! There we go. Yeah, Abaddon could could can go with. El Honestly, Triangle that would work. Thing. Abaddon would work with Death Triangle in the right context, and that is the right context. Then, then, yeah, you could do space horror segments. Holy shit! See, I'm really you. honest in here, dude. I'm yeah, telling you. I love that. And yeah, the, the the space horror thing. If you saw the space horror thread, terrible. So bad. And, and, like, and this person when, writes for the Guardian too, you know. <laughs> like when Event Horizon exists to say you can't do space horror, and, and, it's just. I mean, well, I mean, even then, the, the tagline for the movie, the original tagline for Alien, slam dunks that whole argument. In space, no one can hear you scream. Yeah, it's it's literally space horror. Like it, it is. It's a it's a haunted house 
And I'll go one step further. Space. I think space horror is, to me, the best genre of horror. It's my personal favorite horror subgenre. I mean, we I think already, space horror movies rock. I mean, we already and we already discussed Lovecraft. That cosmic horror was his thing. Be, yeah. well, besides the virulent racism, of course. Besides but, the virulent racism, also yes. Yeah, aliens are scary, and so are Italians. Uh, uh, <laughs> they're very important. Jesus criminy. But yeah, I mean, but the the point but is. He did, but you know what, Jeff? An animal lover. He loved his cat. That's true. He, yeah, but let's not get into what his what cat was. That? was, Who was uh, what was that cat again? Uh, uh, let, yeah, we're we're gonna stop that right there. Nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, uh, related to. Uh, giant horrors from beyond time um jim ross then proceeds to flood uh, godzilla versus kong uh, twice in the same uh, segment uh, well he you know he went for it he tried how do you flub godzilla versus kong it's like <laughs> by saying godzilla versus king kong well king kong is fine and he I, said it that way how do he do it he said godzilla versus i think he king kong i think, he, I think he fumbled over godzilla at least once okay he has seen godzilla Gojira. <laughs> He's this Gojira. Was a, maybe he was trying to do it right. Yeah, maybe he was trying to to hit it with the right accent and stuff yeah. and just <laughs> just couldn't. And then we get a pick of Mike Tyson and Urban Meyer. And I don't care if Urban Meyer is the new coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I do not want to see either Mike Tyson or Urban Meyer on my TV screen. Yeah, yeah. No, Urban Meyer also sucks. And if you like, I don't want to come out as like a Mike the Mike Tyson defender. If you decide that you think Mike Tyson's a piece of shit, you're like you're totally welcome to that. Um, it just seems as though the last decade or two, he has you know lived his life pretty right. And who so who am I to be like? I mean, you know, that may be so, but you know, again, I, I can still be you know. Have my my distaste for him. Also cited was one Amber Nova in the crowd. And why might this be problematic? You ask because last I didn't ask, but I'd like to know. <laughs> uh, because last we knew, she was uh, attached to one Team Vision Dojo. Oh. And the, in fact, the the romantic partner of one Chasen Rance. Wait a second, that doesn't seem like it makes sense. There seems to be something uh, uh, conspicuously. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. really hoping that maybe they're on the outs because, so like, is she I, like the. So is there is she, is she like the Ghislaine Maxwell of Team Vision Dojo? Uh God, I hope not because yeah, I I think this is something that maybe Tony Khan maybe wants to like not be a part of. Yeah, it seems like Tony Khan's pretty proactive at like I mean he banned Hulk Hogan for life famously, and the Hogan family uh, are not welcome at all Elite Wrestling. Uh, he's kicked folks out before. Um, we talked about you know Teddy Hart earlier. I don't think Teddy would be welcome at an AEW show. Yeah, well, spoilers for what we're gonna talk about later. But, you know, Mike Tyson, no problem bringing Mike Tyson in. Urban Meyer, no problem bringing Urban Meyer in. Well, I, he may not have a choice with Urban Meyer because he's the coach of the Jaguars. Also are, true. Yeah, yeah. so he, yeah, his hands may be tied on that one. Yeah, that, that makes sense. But, yeah, I mean, no, they very consciously – like, Mike Tyson isn't as publicly controversial a figure as he used to be. The heat's obviously died down, but – he does, you know, invite a certain amount of controversy, and there are some people out there that, you know, to, to your point, are just like, no, Mike Tyson, fuck that guy. You know, we don't want to see him around. We don't want to see him on screen. Uh, but they have no problem uh, capitalizing off of his name. And obviously, you know, Tyson wants to be there to promote his, you know, Triller Fight Club thing that he's heavily involved in there with Snoop and the Jake Paul Ben Askren fight coming up. Oh, Jesus. 
Can we still get? I, I, I'm still pushing for Logan Paul versus. Uh, wait, is it Logan or Jake that are boxing, or both of them? Both, both okay. of them are boxing now. Jake oh. uh, knocked out Nate Robinson, and now he's got this fight with Ben Askren coming up. Logan was supposed to fight Floyd Mayweather, but I don't think that's happening. I, you know, I, I still want Logan Paul versus Atsushi Onita. <laughs> okay, I'm into that. <laughs> I'm into that. Then we we might actually get an exploding. Barbed wire, an actual exploding barbed wire death in a in a in a certain forest. <laughs> yes. Uh oh god. <laughs> oh god. Paul. I mean, that's Paul. where that's the whole controversy of Logan Paul. He did it, not me. I didn't go to the forest. I didn't go to the forest. He went to the forest. You're killing me. I didn't go there. <laughs> You're killing me. We then get a big old inner circle. It wasn't you dying. That was the problem. <laughs> We then, go. we then get a big old inner circle promo in the ring, which I know you say you hate those kind of promos, but uh, yeah, this one also like I mean Chris did a good job. Uh, like, I, a good promo. Yeah, he did a good job with his eyes being uh, bright red. Like he was going to start shooting eye beams, and then he's like, Jericho is the best Jericho. When will people realize this? Um. I also realized that despite the fact that this was a good promo, I really do not want an inner circle face turn. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I mean, I guess like it's a natural progression at, for a limited storyline. We talked about this a while ago that the inner circle had a shelf life. Like there was always an expiration date on this faction. So having them go from the progression, you know, from the heel, having their big feud and now the baby face moment to get that next faction over is like the natural arc of this storyline right so in order for it to reach its end point you have to go through this baby face phase it's it's, a, it's part of the whole uh the whole process right but also i mean jericho was just going off on the mic this week and the the end result of all this is that on the may 5th edition of of aew diamond we will finally get a blood and guts match, although it will not be the inner circle versus the elite this time. It will be the inner circle versus the pinnacle, which uh, also fun. I think this is going to be a, I mean, you know, despite baby faces, heels, whoever, uh, this match is going to be great. I think that's going to be very, very good. You're going to get maximum effort. Um, you know, it's going to be creative and, uh, you know, the stakes are going to feel high, especially like the FTR proud and powerful subsection of this, I think is going to really be uh, a big part of that. I'm really excited. Also, I will be in new Orleans for this match during, during this match uh, taking place when this show airs, I will be, uh, uh, down in the, in the French quarter, uh, sipping on hurricanes and, and whatnot. Oh, this this should be interesting. Uh, quick note about this segment before we move on. Uh, apparently, remember when uh, it was on TNT and Jericho said, uh, and Jericho said, "We'll we'll get right into it after this break." So they they cut the yes. commercial. Well, apparently on Good the right there. Uh, apparently on the fight on the on the fight TV feed on the international feed, um, they uh, during the break Jericho go to the crowd into chanting for the inner circle so that they could seem really popular, you know, ha ha. Yeah, I didn't well, okay, this, yeah, so that, TV, okay. You know? Well, so that when they faded up, you hear the chance and then you hear Excalibur going, boy, the inner circle seems really popular. That's really good. Great stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. Good old Excalibur. Nice little, nice <laughs> Excalibur has really hit his stride this year, especially, I think he's doing some of his best work and he's been solid on the AEW desk since, day one 
But I, I think he's really found a rhythm here, and he's really found his voice uh, and having a great time. And I think his uh, time on AEW Dark is a big help on that. I think he has a blast doing it with Taz, and it's a really good warm-up. Uh, that's not going to be the only uh, zinger that uh, – that's not going to be the, the only zinger that Excalibur delivers uh, on this show. Um, we then go backstage, and Dasha Gonzalez is interviewing Christian Cage about his match last week. And then he gets a visit from Taz. And uh, Taz uh, offers the invitation to to join Team Taz, which uh, oh, oh, okay, all right, <laughs> all, sure. all right, cool. Join Team Taz, cool. Why not? We then go to. There's no more room in Team Taz. Hook's biceps have taken over. Oh boy, yeah, he was looking. Ri- well, I mean, we'll we'll get to that momentarily. Sure uh, our second match of the evening, we get Jurassic Express, uh, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus against Bear Country in the Godzilla versus Kong match. This is Godzilla also... versus Kong match, and this is uh, where Excalibur delivered another great one, where he talked about the delicious corporate synergy. <laughs> you love delicious corporate synergy, mm-hmm. but I mean, honestly, I, I though, if, we, if you're going to do a cross promotion for Godzilla versus Kong with the wrestling show, that's about the best way you're going to do it. Uh, you know, short I, of like bringing in like the Kaiju big battle set where they have like the little fucking fake uh, buildings and stuff, had them like, you know, uh, stomp uh, over and smashing them. It, it, it's amazing that you brought up uh, Kaiju big battle. Cause I have something Kaiju big battle related to, to bitch about when we talk about mania weekend. Okay. But, uh, but also, uh, I think I, I know you said that when you post this to the to the other feed that we have, the the, the Podbean feed, you usually give it a, a, a title. I think "Delicious Corporate Synergy" should be the title. For this one. Delicious Corporate Synergy does sound like a pretty good title. I like it. Um, this was a fun match, but boy, was there some miscommunication in this match. There were, there were, there were a few, but overall, I thought, I mean, I thought it was a good hoss fight. You know, it was big meaty men slapping meat. It was and and uh, and Luke Perry, or and uh, Luke Perry. Uh, I'm sorry, Jack Perry. My bad. Jack Perry. <laughs> my bad. Um, yeah, really. Uh, R.I.P. with God, Luke Perry. Uh, yeah, it, it, it wasn't perfect, but you know, uh, this this show wasn't perfect. Uh, so I think it's very fitting that in one of the matches that was still a bright spot on the show for me uh, had some execution issues. Yeah, it, it did indeed have some execution issues, but uh, Jungle. Uh, yeah, Jurassic Express do get the win over Bear Country. But yeah. I think my point uh, that I made a little while back about Bear Country is uh, pretty evident here. I think AEW sees it. Uh, they are a piece that this tag team division could really use, and we're going to see a lot more of them. We then get a promo from QT Marshall and uh, and Anthony Agogo. And, yeah. Uh, Anthony he Agogo. Is, uh, Anthony he Agogo. Like he's dressed like a Peaky Blinder, and I really like. I respect that. Yeah, Anthony Agogo, a Gogo. He's gonna go go cut this promo. That's right. Go go to the promo. Go go gadget promo. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hey. On that note, we get another interview with Sting, and we know how this is gonna start. Sting's gonna try to say something, and then he's gonna get interrupted. Which he does. And then he did. And he got interrupted by Jake Roberts say, saying what was going to happen as though that would help. Jake Roberts. By him being like, you already know what's going to happen. You talk and then I interrupt you and then you don't do anything. Yeah, that's that's what it is, Jake. And we're kind of sick of it, brother. Yeah, Jake Roberts uh, was not good tonight. <laughs> no. 
Um, and he's had some moments. He's had some really strong moments in his time uh, now as a manager. But I, you know, I think some ups and downs. I don't think he's been particularly consistent. And this was not one of his strong nights. No, it wasn't. And then I, I think that's why Steve Stinger had to take take the wheel here. And be- Steve Stinger did indeed take the wheel. Lance Archer took the wheel. And then Steve Singer took it right back and became like a motivational speaker or something. You go get that main event spot, boy. <laughs> you go get it. You show him how, Jake. You do. I, I see what he was getting at. Like the whole idea was, well, if you think you're supposed to be this big star, then like why the hell has your manager not gotten you to that position yet? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like why is this this top this supposedly top tier manager in Jake Roberts not gotten you to the mountaintop? You know. Uh, Oh, some breaking news here. Looks like uh, WrestleMania is being uh, uh, the WrestleMania. The crowd outside is being told to exit and shelter due to thunderstorms. Oh shit! Well, that's the so risky there run, may right? be at the very least a uh, a postponement to night one of WWE's WrestleMania, oh, the showcase of the Immortals. Oh dear. Well, that's the risky run when you run outdoor shows, it turns out. In if, Tampa if, in April. In, yeah, right. Uh, back to this, though. Uh, and then they, they kept cutting to Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page sitting in the seats for some reason. Hanging out. They're just you know, dudes rock, having a nice time. We then go to a Team Taz promo where Taz implores Brian Cage and Ricky Stars to stop instigating. And, oh, my God, Hook is just... Hook is huge. What the hell? He, he's like Bro. grown before our very eyes. Hook is jacked. I see why they've been keeping him in hoodies because they knew the bicep reveal was going to set people off. And it did. The Ooh, bicep boy. reveal got people going. He is fucking swole. Ooh, buddy. So, all right, Hook. Hook is 21 years old. He is jacked to shit. And his dad is Taz. I think uh, Hook's going to be just fine. Well, I'm very excited to see Hook actually start wrestling at some point, and I like that we keep holding him back and we're kind of doing the Hook rollout gradually. Indeed, um, it seems to be working. People are like AEW fans are like looking forward to seeing Hook now. There's always a lot of social media chatter about Hook. Uh, it's very exciting for for Son of Taz. Yeah, it, <laughs> is that is that that's how he should be booked, Son of Taz. Son of Taz. Hook, Hook Son of Taz. Hook, Son of Taz. Like how in in the comic books, our, uh, our, our buddies at Wrestling Brain call him Hook Taz Son. <laughs> Hook Taz. <laughs> that's good too. I like that. But you know, it was like you know, for a while he was Scar, Son of Hulk. You know, <laughs> in in uh, in in two, in 2010's Marvel. So, yeah, I like it. Our third match of the evening, uh, Darby Allen, uh, your your TNT champion, uh, going up against JD Drake. Um, yeah, why they had to put Drake in a singlet in this? <laughs> um, I, I have mixed feelings about the singlet because it is a nice singlet. Like it's a good, as a singlet, it's a good singlet. I just don't know if he's maybe the best suited for a singlet. It, it's weird. Yeah, it, it was kind of. Some weird. people really didn't like it. I didn't dislike it. But I, yeah, I guess I was a little surprised by it. I didn't mind the gear, though. I thought it was all right. I thought JD put out a great show. Uh, freelance wrestling, Jeff. Freelance wrestling uh, has been featured heavily throughout AEW's run in some pretty interesting spots. Uh, from Cody Rhodes wrestling Matt Nix the night before Thanksgiving in yep, Chicago. I remember that. I was there. So, yeah. Big freelance wrestling chants there. Uh, 
to War Horse's title shot. War Horse, of course, a fixture in freelance wrestling uh, monthly prior to the pandemic. Thunder Rosa, uh, who has you know spent has wrestled some uh, some freelance matches. You know, now showing out in AEW, a lot of talent from freelance has gotten a lot of spots here uh, in in AEW. Really interesting to see. Indeed, uh, this was a great showing by JD Drake. I thought absolutely. JD is super talented. I mean, you know, if you if you are around the Midwest indie scene and have seen JD wrestle prior to this, you already knew like JD could absolutely go. But uh, you know, he gets his shot on TV. He gets his big title match, and yeah, he performed. Uh, Darby Allen, of course, does get the win after a coffin drop and then gets attacked by the Hardy family office, which brings oh. out which brings out Steve Stinger and the entire Dark Order, including Ty Conti going Yay. going to work on Ellie the Bunny already <laughs> pre-match pre-match, which. Yeah, OK, so this is a here, here's one of my biggest complaints. We then get three segments in between that happening it's like why don't you just transition that into the match they could have they could have just said well this match is next or or you know they start the beat down and someone calls for a bell i think that could be an interesting way to do it too i think that would have been interesting thing to do i think that i thought that would have been great to do that way just yeah that'd be kind of i agree transition into that but no until we get uh we get three segments in between you gotta wait you gotta wait for it uh, although it's nice you know ty's match is being featured later on the show I mean, that's true, but I mean, I like something, there's something about, you know, what, one of my favorite wrestling shows of all time was ECW Wrestlepalooza 97, where like the entire like first hour and 15 minutes was just one, one continuous segment, you know? Yeah, and then when they have, when shows have those kind of flows and themes, we talked about that, especially like, I'd say like late 2019, early 2020 episodes of dynamite like really good at like keeping coherent narratives and themes throughout their episodes they've kind of gotten away from that i think in recent months but uh when they when they're really kicking with the storytelling that way uh yeah it makes for really interesting shows that's like 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 how shows are so fun right because like all that stuff is kind of like those uh threads are kind of woven together it really makes for a good experience we then get a recap of the drama between the young bucks and kenny omega the last few weeks and uh yeah just what we needed a recap of their drama because that hasn't been you know the focal point of every dynamite since december or not at all yeah we gotta we gotta know it's important we then go backstage with alex marvez trying to interview chris jericho and the pinnacle attack and oh no and they've nailed the door shut to the dressing room so the rest of the inner circle can't perform a, a rescue job no rescue. No there rescue. will be no safe spaces. Except for Mike Tyson. Except for Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson can get there. Mike Tyson got there and uh, it, it, it rescues uh, rescues Chris Jericho. Jericho and Tyson hug it out. and uh, like. Yeah, I mean, it's storytelling and narrative-wise, uh, uh, I thought you know this is a good way to kind of do that. They had that feud. Jericho is a good guy now. This is kind of the symbolic thing, like oh, now we got, now I got you back. So I mean, you know, as far as uh, threading, you know, old stories together and stuff, uh, that was well done, uh, execution-wise. Whether you like it or not, total matter of taste. We then get a promo with uh, Britt Baker, and uh, it was a decent promo. You know, the, oh yeah, they're still, you know, there's, there's still. Uh, Getting up there with the, uh, you know, w- w- pushing this angle. So uh, it's, something's got to break soon, though. Oh, something, yeah. Something needs to actually happen with this angle. We're getting there. But, no, I, 
Britain and Reba continue to uh, really kind of anchor the division, uh, you know, with this stuff. Like she's she's going to be the star of the show now, as far as the women's division goes. And the more they feature her, I think the more she'll deliver, and uh, the better ratings you get. I think people are going to want to watch this. This transitions into our fourth match of the evening, in which uh, Ty Conti, who is you know kind of adjacent to the Dark Order, uh, with the Dark Order and Hikaru Shida. And uh, and our buddy Negative One. And our buddy Negative One takes on Allie the Bunny, who, of course, is flanked by the entire Hardy family office. The so Huffo. The, 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 the Huffo. So we know that something's going to come from this. Um, once again, I just have to reiterate the, the, the fact that Ty Conti rules. And I Ty think Conti does, in fact, rule. And I can't, I can't remember which day it was this week. Where she says that uh, she she was up late watching Katsuyori Shibata versus Go Shiozaki from like New Japan in 2016. Yeah, by uh, by many accounts, she watches a lot of Shibata, and uh, <laughs> you watch her wrestle, and it's kind of not that surprising when you find this out. Uh, you know, you you wonder why she's so good. Uh, she's picked uh, some really great uh, mentors and role models to study after. Well, then she really needs. At what point does she adopt the uh, the uh, elbow strikes in the corner, transitioning to a corner to corner drop kick? I mean, I bet you her corner to corner drop kick would be great, but I'm really glad she hasn't done one yet. I think that I, but I, you know what? If we, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if we uh, didn't see it at some point. I I just really that wonder- was a double negative, but we should see it. I mean, I really wonder if she does. She watch like any old Big Mouth Loudy or Shibata, or you know, probably. I bet you she's well studied. I mean, you know, there because I remember there was like at least one match in Big Mouth Loud where Shibata faced like a a twelve year old Kota Ibushi in that match. You know? Oh wow! Yeah, I'd love to see that. That sounds great. Oh yeah, I'll I'll, I'll try, see if I can dig that one up for you. I've I've watched it. It's it's a good match. Oh, that sounds awesome. But, yeah, no, Ty, Ty is great. Uh, we talked about Ty's selling before. This really stood out to me here is selling the facial stuff. Um, and then post-match also really stood out to me uh, where she kind of – she's really great at finding the cameras. Another, mm-hmm. another thing she's a natural at, something that, you know, true stars of wrestling have to be able to do and do effortlessly. It seems like she's picked up that very easily too. Um, she has like a confidence and a charisma – that I can only liken to, I was trying to figure this out, younger Sasha Banks or like young Ric Flair. Those are the two oh, wow. that really stand out to me. Like, I'm talking like late 20s, early 30s Ric Flair. So like po- post plane crash and, but not quite Nature Boy just yet. But like, or, or just becoming Nature Boy. Right. Like you knew what you had there, right? Like you're like that. That's kind of where I feel about Ty Conti. And like, yeah, like maybe like 2014, 2015 NXT Sasha Banks. Okay, okay, I I, I can go with that. I can go with and, that. You know, those are those are two big, pretty big ones. And, the, and the, she's got a humongous ceiling. I think she could be a huge star. Uh, Ty Conti, of course, gets the win over Allie the Bunny. Uh, negative one is there for a, for a, to hug it out afterwards. So you know. God damn, the, the the Dark Order really are the best. I mean, besides El Triangulo de la Muerte, of course. They are It's they, just they really it's so much the... fun to see them together and root for them obviously. Um but yeah, it's great stuff. The storytelling has been good. I hope we get back to some more featured stuff with them. We've kind of put 
you know, their stuff on the back burner a little bit uh, to make more time for this inner circle pinnacle stuff and to make time for the uh, Young Bucks, Kenny Omega uh, potential bullet club thing we'll get to. Yeah, let, let, yeah, I, I, I got some thoughts about that. But first, we get a promo from Red Velvet, which, uh, not great, but not bad, you know? I think Red Velvet, uh, another person with a, with a very high ceiling, we talked about her. She's learning. She's uh, on the early side of her career, but uh, I think she's got the tools. Yeah. Um, And with that, we get to our main event of the evening, in which uh, Kenny Omega, your executive vice president, Kenny Omega, your AEW world champion, uh, teaming with Machine Gun Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows um, t- against Executive Vice Presidents Matt and Nick Jackson and one Mr. John Moxley, who we're going to be talking a lot about in the next... We got a couple oh, things to say about We got a couple uh, things Mox. to say, Mox. Um, what was your thought? What, what did you think of this match? I don't know. It was wrestling. It was It was wrestling. It, it, it was a wrestling match. It was wrestling, and we got the fake. I thought I'd like and care about it more than I did. But as it was happening, I was just like, oh, it's just a match, whatever. Yeah, I just didn't care. I mean, we knew that. Yeah, we, we, I really we, didn't it, care. It, it really was. <laughs> I mean, it was the same shit. We always get, oh, God, Kenny, Kenny and the Bucks, they can't bring themselves to hitting each other. Oh God! Yeah. Fuck off! But we kept doing that. By the second time, that was just—I just—I—I I audibly to my TV was just like, "Boo! Mm-hmm. Shut up! This sucks! Look at your hands, Johnny Gargano bullshit!" <laughs> like, we, yeah. We, we, yeah, we. Why we gotta, am I so violent? Oh my God! We we gotta bring that up. We're gonna bring that up in a little bit too. Um, well, this is like that Shawn Michaels bullshit. Just stop. Just, yeah, this was this fucking sucked. And, and you know, the, the the Bucks turn on Moxley like we knew they fucking would. Yeah, because you know why you know actually have a an actual storyline, but you know, oh no, we get to tease the return of the Bullet Club. The Bullet Club never fucking broke up. <laughs> well, there yeah. is still an actual Bullet Club in in, in it, well, it, 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 in the company that created it, by the way. So it's funny you should mention that, Jeff. Don't you don't think that there's a possibility that this whole storyline uh, culminates in uh, the real Bullet Club coming to help out Mox? Well, you know, there was a tweet from Tama Tonga mm, saying, "Hey, Mox, you you need some help there, buddy." Uh, hey, um, if if Bullet Club wanted to make their way from New Japan to AEW, uh, and there was uh, an obstacle in their way, let's say like a rectangular shaped one uh, that opens and closes, it's got a knob on it, handles, oh, right, maybe some right, that, yes, and maybe uh, under normal circumstances, this door is not generally allowed to be walked through. Uh huh. I mean, we've already been through it. I mean, remember... Oh, we have! Oh, so you're saying the Forbidden Door is open, Jeff? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's unlocked at least, you know. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah, well, I mean, we've already had Kenta, obviously. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah and, who's and, this? And, and... I think the explicit uh, doing that whole thing is like an explicit acknowledgement of, like, drawing out the real Bullet Club. And, and, and don't forget, uh, remember what... Remember that whole drama, too, between Kenny and Kenta? Kenny's like, oh, yeah, Switchblade didn't 
tell me you were shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah Kenta's shut the fuck up a, a very good shut the fuck up yeah. i mean i you know we, we talked about this we centered a whole episode around me uh how i tell people to shut the fuck up quite frequently so as a fan of telling people to shut the fuck up i really respect it yeah i mean kenta I mean, yeah. You should tell people to shut the fuck up more often. Like one of the best ways to, I mean, because it does end conversations. If you tell someone to shut the fuck up, like that conversation is over. Like you're not gonna like have a time talking to them anymore. <laughs> so like, if you really want to stop talking to somebody, tell them to shut the fuck up. I mean, yeah. So, and we already know that uh, you know the 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 girls of destiny and the young bucks have been going back getting forth at each other too. Exactly. So, so I think that this is something um, that's, I, I, that's totally I, feasible. And I was really now talk about a, a great way to, you know, move that stuff forward. I think that'd be a great uh, storytelling. Because awesome. you see the girls of destiny and in folly showing up and say, hey, by the way, yeah, we're the co-founders, too. <laughs> yeah, I think that would rock. And you'd have all the pieces in place. Uh, you know, you have many different former and current Bullet Club members around and uh yeah i think you get that bullet club versus bullet club storyline that people kind of i think we're looking for years ago but you kind of have the opportunity well, now right, you know, and you it, to right, do these things right and then kenny omega just kind of uh, said oh yeah we're, we're done with the feud like they announced it on the jericho cruise yeah like oh yeah we're, we're done feuding with the bullet club okay well that tells me that you know the new japan bullet club won then you know i'm um, well i think well i mean you know, I guess it depends on which promotion you're watching, uh, who won, right? Yeah. By the way, um, by the way, uh, what the fuck was on Matt Jackson's face? Uh, he, he had like the Rudy Giuliani thing going with something brown was all over his face. Uh, oh. Like maybe it was uh, spray tan or some shit. There's probably like a really hacky joke about Tony Khan here and you know brown nosing or something, but uh, I don't want. There to probably play. is, but. Uh, eh, nah. too easy. Low hanging fruit. You know what? This match sucked, man. That, eh, I wasn't into this it. This was a. I very... thought I'd like it more. I didn't like it that much. Fortunately, uh, you know, this wasn't where Mox's maximum effort was this weekend. We'll get to that. Uh, yeah, here briefly. Um, but yes, uh, yeah, and that closes the show with uh, allegedly the the quote unquote Bullet Club. Yeah, quote unquote. Quote unquote. Even though there's still an active. Very active Bullet Club still going on in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah. there's that. And that was a... Uh, that ends a really good run of Dynamite main events that we've had the last Rest few weeks. Yeah. It, it, yeah. 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 So, once yeah, again... So once again did, this is the show that overall just didn't really do it for me. Um, it, I it, liked some stuff, but I disliked more stuff than I liked. Uh, it's nice to see Ty Conti wrestle a match on the main show. Um, the Godzilla versus Kong match was kind of fun. Uh, there were some good moments on commentary, but overall, eh, this was a skippable, uh, skippable week to me. Yeah. And, and, Besides, and what, the really important, you know, thing was the announcement of the blood and guts match. Right. And once again, just to, just to reiterate, the elite are the worst thing about AEW in Ooh, my, in my opinion. Worst thing. Mm, Jake Hager. Yeah, but Jake Hager's like nothing at this point. Like, he, yeah, he doesn't matter as much. He just sucks. And I don't like looking at his stupid face, and well, I don't like watching wrestling. It doesn't really matter to me. Well, at okay. least like there's mo at least most Young Bucks matches are fun to like watch the flippy stuff, you know? Yeah, I, I, I got you. All right. There's that. the worst thing. I, wow. I, I, 
storyline <laughs> storyline wise you know okay i mean they're not yeah, like, they're not like the worst uh, people in aew because you know there there's yeah, been you what know, about what about and miro and all that stuff I mean that was pretty bad, but I mean at least we got a good payoff. That's gone now, I guess. Yeah. yeah. What do you? Yes, we didn't see that this week. What do you think's next for them? I saw something came up in my Google feed saying that Miro is going to be joining some faction, but it, it didn't. I didn't read the article, and it was. Just I think everyone's vague. joining a faction, man. It's going to be all factions for a little bit. I think this is the way. Twenty twenty one year of the faction. So, as we've hinted a couple of times, this is WrestleMania weekend, and uh, well, it was. But, uh, WrestleMania just got postponed, so I don't know. Oh shit! Uh, that being said, um, yeah, there's been a lot of indie wrestling down in the Tampa, Ibor City, you know that 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 area, uh, including an AEW house show that we'll get into here shortly. Um, what has been your overall thoughts on? the way that this weekend has gone so far. Um, everything seems great. I'm glad everyone's having a nice time and it's all going really well for everybody. All the wrestlers are getting paid. There's no controversy at all. So I think it's good. No one's having heat stroke or throwing up in the ring on television. Oh God, or nobody's getting power bombed under their head from the outside. Uh, yeah, no. I, American Beetle. Like, yeah, American Beetle did not almost get killed. On, I mean, on, American on the Beetle almost getting killed is like just something that happens on WrestleMania weekend. That's every uh, WrestleMania weekend. Oh, <laughs> that was but, uh, a, uh, yeah. Uh, speaking more seriously, uh, GCW's overall output this weekend has seemed like an absolute fucking train wreck. They have had some moments. And, you know, I think the, I think running this big stuff this weekend was a bad idea in the first place. I don't think any of it should be happening. Uh, let me I, start there. I would agree with that overall. I don't think it's I think it's unnecessary and I as far as the product goes, I don't really care to watch any of these shows because I've seen all this stuff before. Right. I pretty much like what the big allure especially last year. Last year was like a really like even more so than like the 3 or 4 years before where this this weekend was, you know, gained its popularity. Uh there were some really unlikely matchups and things that you weren't going to see anywhere else. Orange Cassidy, Minoru Suzuki is uh chief among them, I think really Right, comes to yeah, mind. That, that that's one. But um, there were things like that that just I mean, this uh this stuff is just all the same GCW and like Midwest indie people. Um, just doing the same stuff, you know, and just different configurations of yeah. like the same, like 40 indie wrestlers. And it's, I, I don't really care. I don't care that much. Yeah. And there was, uh, well from last year too, you know, very, you know, buried beneath the lead of the, you know, Minoru Suzuki versus orange Cassie. We were also supposed to get Shingo Takagi versus Chris Dickinson. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's that too. There was no, there were a lot of really interesting matches that weekend, but um, yeah, I mean, and then the, yeah, understandably, the world ended, and then GCW still ran the collective later that year in indie. And yeah, and that this is like just another version of the, of the indie one. The indie one was not good, and it was a super spreader event, and it, it did not go well. Uh, did not learn their lessons, obviously, and we're doing this again. Um, you know, it's good to see. You know, wrestlers need paychecks and all that stuff, but. No, I, I don't really care to watch any of it. So I did not, like, you know, pay any money to watch any shows. I saw, you know, some GIFs or clips on the internet. And then the one big thing for this podcast, Moxley did show up at spring break. Well, uh, well, well, well time out, time out. First what? of all, he was at, he was in the main event at Bloodsport 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he, he, he lost... wrestled Josh Barnett, so again, I don't care. Yeah, well, it was a good match. Uh, I'll right. say that. Josh Barnett's a fucking asshole, though. I don't really give a shit about anything he yeah, does. He, and yeah, he is a, yeah, I mean, he is a chud. And yeah, I, I don't really need Josh Barnett to entertain me. But, you know, that being said, uh, Moxley did lose that on ref- referee's decision. Um, but, you know, that, that was a high point, I guess. There was also some other New Japan guys on uh, that Bloodsport show, because Rocky Romero and... Uh, the uh, the LA Dojo Young Lion uh, Alex Coughlin were on that show too, um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, overall it's like yeah they already did a lot of these show gimmicks as it is, and there there is a podcast going around uh, the We Don't Know Wrestling show, and they 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 kind of explained what the the biggest issues with GCW are, uh, besides the fact that they still have an an actual Nazi working for them, but. Um, you know, it, a lot of it is the, there seems to be a lot of appropriation going on in their in, in their product. Like, you know, they they run for the culture, but then they they book like a total of three wrestlers of color the rest of the year. Right. You I know? mean, you know, I don't want to be the one to litigate that because again, obviously, it's a, you know that that's AJ Gray's you know project by all intents and purposes. And as far as the matter of appropriation goes. Me, a millennial-aged white man, uh, is not the authority on it. Right. I just, I, I, I was going on. This is some of the criticism, is is what I'm right. saying. And but, I guess that I don't guess that's fair. But also, like, there, I think you know, it's important to to run shows of this nature. Like, I think for the culture is a net good. I think real hot girl shit's a net good. I think uh, big gay brunch is a net good. Uh, that being said, um. Oh God! And now I just lost my complete train of thought here. Um, but I mean that, that that being said, the the one thing that is not a net good is Teddy Hart running around your shows. Probably un- not great. On my unmasked. Yeah, probably not great that Teddy Hart was uh, just kind of hanging out, knowing what we know about. Like, look, man, I I met Teddy Hart in 2018, and I didn't know anything about Teddy Hart. Like, I was kind of new to like you know watching like independent wrestling in general. I didn't really know anything about Teddy Hart besides I knew the last name, and he did a bunch of cool flips, and he had a cat with him. I was like, that seems kind of fun. And you know, some months later, kind of found out a little bit more about Teddy Hart. But now in 2021, especially if you're you know a wrestling industry insider. There's no excuse for uh, ignorance on Teddy Hart. Yeah, you, know? and, and, like you can't plead ignorance on this guy anymore. And you know what it's gonna be like. You, if you have Teddy at your shows, like you know exactly what's gonna happen. Right, and and, and to his credit, John Wayne Murdoch, you know, uh, basically threatened, you know, Teddy Teddy Hart's life. <laughs> basically, says I'm gonna, you know, beat your ass. You ever come around another ICW no holds barred show? Which is which yeah. is fine. I mean, great. Yeah. Good. yeah. Well, one person, but it just seems like overall, one of the biggest problems is that nobody seemed to learn anything from speaking out. Well, no, and you know, uh, wrestling and most entertainment mediums in general don't learn lessons from these type of things. So, I, I'm not really that surprised or you know shocked. Of course, naturally disappointed, but. Uh, you know, if you're going to be a wrestling or combat sports fan, you're prepared to be disappointed by people's moral uh, gestures or uh, lack thereof. Often. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, and, you know, again, I mean, it just goes to also too. I think there's like a general I mean, I, I, I've spoken about it myself. I can't really speak for anybody else, but I have seen it on my feed, on my Twitter feed. Like, there just seems to be a general lack of 
interest in indie wrestling right now and i think yeah i think it's, it's down right now the, 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 the pandemic had a lot to do with it and speaking you, out uh, and indie wrestling lives on live shows right so without the without the live gates yeah then that's the, the most important piece of independent wrestling and because i mean it's fun to watch these shows on tv it's fun to stream them or whatever but like independent wrestling lives within the walls and of the show and like as a as a fan the really way to experience it is live in person there's right. no other way to do it and like you know as a wrestling fan that's my favorite part of doing it. and i love going to small independent shows uh you know and attending them live it's one of the best parts about being a fan without it yeah naturally they're going to suffer but it's not the only pr- part of the problem right jeff right no i was gonna say between between the pandemic and speaking out and a lot of it also too has been on you know nxt and aew signing indie wrestlers it's a part of it. Yeah, I think that's a part of it. They, you know, some there there's been a talent suck. I do think there's a ton of really good indie wrestlers out there that are either waiting to be noticed or just need to make a few more adjustments to get noticed. Uh, so the next generation is there and I think by next year we're going to see another uptick in the indie scene, but I don't know how ro- like that 2016 to 2019 kind of fire. I don't know how soon we're going to see that again. Yeah, yeah, that, those days may be over, and I think you know again the pandemic and speaking out had a lot to do with that. Professional wrestling, you know, uh, a medium of peaks and valleys, of ups and downs. Oh, it's uh, very, it's very cyclical. I mean, I, and, extremely. I mean, I mean, I, I don't want to you know keep bloating about New Japan this year, but yeah, New Japan's in a down cycle right now, as far as creatively, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it appears that way, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. <laughs> it really, really does. But I'm going to save that for future episode of strong style story um that being said um john moxley showing up last night at at you know the spring break show i mean my my timeline was unified begging for mox versus nick gage you know oh yeah i mean that's huge it it wasn't going to be easy to genuinely surprise people at this show you know due to the nature of it and like everything that we just talked about this was uh, an incredibly pleasant surprise. Yeah. And one that was, that seems, you know, in hindsight seems sort of obvious, but you never would have thought of it. Right. Exactly. And I, I but you and know, incredibly I'll... well executed. I did see this happen. And, you know, so uh, Nick Gage wins his belt back from Ricky Shane page after a full year, um, a year plus what he lost that belt to Ricky in September of 2019 in Chicago, right at yep. the uh, at the NGI. Uh, so yeah, he had that belt for for quite some time. Uh, incredible storyline. Ricky did a great job holding that belt as a heel. One of the hottest angles in indie wrestling. Uh, hindered a little bit by Nick Gage's injury, but they did a good great job getting it back on track. Uh, Nick wins his belt back, and then yeah, attacked by John Moxley, and now we have the potential uh, for a Nick Gage John Moxley death match. I would assume uh, later this year, maybe in Las Vegas. Or no, I guess not Las Vegas because they're going to be in Jacksonville for Double or Nothing. Yeah. Um, where do you think? Where and when? Probably in Florida. The way things are going right now. Um, yeah, that makes sense too. Yeah. I, if Tony Khan's smart, he'll he'll take this away from Brett Lauderdale and, and Kevin Gill because, by the way, my my feed 
was absolutely unified in their hatred of Kevin Gill's comments. Unified love night. for this angle and hatred for Kevin Gill. Yeah, two things, you know, in a classically divided internet wrestling community, uh, a couple of a couple of things that did bring the people together. We love Moxley Gage. We hate Kevin Gill's commentary. Yeah, Kevin yep. and, uh, and Teddy Hart. Did, we hate Teddy Hart too. Yeah, so. Kevin did not get uh, any love for that. I didn't hear it, but uh, from what I've read, it was not good. Uh, I've. I have never heard a good Kevin Gill call ever. He's I mean, not good at it. He's not a good commentator. <laughs> he, he is no. He is not a good a good commentator of, of professional wrestling. No, and it and it does at this point and at the level of GCW's current popularity, it is hindering their product. And at some point, you have to make a business decision. I don't care if he's your friend or whatever. Like you have to make a business decision and hire a skilled commentator to work these shows. Right, and there was really, also- and if you want to have people like AJ Gray ca- talking about numbers and talking about pay per view buys and stuff, um, and obviously that has nothing to do with for the culture because for the culture had their own commentators. They didn't bring, they didn't use Kevin Gill, thankfully. Uh, but you, you know, you got to get the right commentators in for it. You gotta, you gotta go the extra mile. You gotta get the right uh, people for the job. I mean, I, I can already understand people not wanting to watch GCW, GCW shows with schlock on them but now i'm hearing that they, they will n- no people are will not be buying events that have kevin gill calling them i get it if you don't like if you hate the commentary that much and it takes you out of the you know the product why would you want to watch it fortunately for me most of the time when i watch indie wrestling i don't pay attention to the commentary anyway i don't care that much so it's never affected me because i usually keep it on kind of lower volume anyway because you know the sound is usually not very good on a lot of these shows uh so <laughs> It doesn't really affect me that much, but I can totally understand it affecting you because like bad commentary can really, you know, affect the experience. All that being said, um, there was an AEW house show last night at Daily's house always wins, which uh, John Moxley was not at. Obviously, (laughs) we we saw where he was Um, busy doing cool shit now. Let's go down the results here. There, There are there is an actual genuine surprise on this show, too. Okay. Uh, uh, the the first was a battle royale for the shot at the TNT title later that night. Uh, that is won by uh, the butcher Andy Williams. Okay. Uh, also, also in this match were Will Hobbs, um, Lance Archer, Ricky Starks, Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, The Blade, Dustin Rhodes, Austin and Colton Gunn, Number Ten Preston Vance, and Colt Cabana. Okay. So that was a, a, a quick. That's that's uh, a, that's a house show battle royal. Yeah, that it, yeah, it is. Um, then we had uh, the pinnacle as uh, MJF, uh, Dax Harwood, Cash Wheeler, and Sean Spears beat uh, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, Christopher Daniels, and Dante Martin. Okay, that, that's a that's a mishmash right there. Uh, yes, Jade Cargill squashed Reka Tahaka in three minutes thirty seconds. Have you seen Reka Tahaka? Uh, just one photo. She looks cool. Uh, she does look, and it's probably the same photo. And yeah, she looks really cool. I, 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 cool. I dig that. Yeah, I dig that a lot. Um, a Duval Street fight. I don't know what the fuck that is. Probably some. That's Jag- a Jaguars thing. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. I say something got to be Jacksonville related. Uh, Executive Vice President Cody Rhodes beats Aaron Solo. Uh, 
in 15 minutes, 47 seconds. Okay. Somebody says that it's not every day you see someone get put through a table. Well, clearly you don't watch enough wrestling. Because yeah, I, I see like, people get through put through tables. If you want to see people get put through tables daily, you can very easily do that as a wrestling fan. <laughs> uh, uh, the best friends in Orange Cassidy beat the Hybrid 2 and Max Caster. So it's kind of a, a mixed bag uh, tag match there. Uh, Eddie Kingston, I guess, is back in ring shape, uh, beating Cesar Bononi. That might have been a match okay. we, we could have seen on Dynamite, honestly. Cesar Bononi continues to get matches against guys at the top of the roster. Um, a uh, An eight-woman match, uh, Hikaru Shida, Ty Conti, Red Velvet, and Ryo Mizunami. Woo. Beats uh, Nala Rose, Allie the Bunny, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Rebel or Reba. Uh, Ty Conti pinned uh, Reba. So very interesting that most of the uh, Joshi talent has returned to Japan. Mizunami's still there. Yeah, that is pretty interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. You think we're getting the graphic from Mizunami soon? Uh, perhaps, but hold that thought. Uh, on a quasi-related note, uh, the next match, uh, El Triangulo de la Muerte, uh, Pac, Rey Phoenix, y Penta El Cerro Miedo, with uh, the Seidel brothers, Matt Seidel and Creepy Mike Seidel, uh. beat uh, Kenny Omega, Executive Vice Presidents uh, Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, Michael Nakazawa, and then the genuine surprise of this show, Konosuke Takeshita from <laughs> DDT. Yeah, who I don't know much about, but is supposed to be a big deal, huh? Uh, yeah, he's one of the top guys in DDT. Uh, Takeshita, right. uh, I mean, he, he he's a uh, he, he's uh, held the KOD title several times. Okay. In fact, I saw him. He he was in the main event at uh, at the Coming to America show. He was. All I, all I know about him is that he is very smooth and very handsome. He, he is, but uh, yeah. Did you see the DDT Coming to America show? I did not. Oh, because I, I was I had front row seats for that. I'll tell you all about it sometime. But right. uh, no, he was the KOD champion when uh, when uh, Daisuke Sasaki beat him, and then Daisuke Sasaki got uh, Tetsuya Endo cashed in his Anytime Anywhere challenge and beat Daisuke Sasaki, his stable leader in <laughs> for the title that same night. Oh wow! <laughs> it was it was a great show. But yeah, anyway, yeah. So that's interesting that. Takashido would be there, which is also weird because Kenny Omega spent like a lot of time in DDT trolling both Takashida and Tetsuya Endo, but then you know the world ended, so that angle kind of went away. You hate, you hate to see it. You hate when that happens. And then finally, the main event of the evening uh, for the TNT Championship: uh, Darby Allen defeats uh, the Butcher to retain the TNT Championship. Nice to see Butch gets those spots, though, man. I bet you, he, you know, he's the right guy for those kind of things too. Yeah. You can really, you know, he's great at popping crowds. Really great classic heel for a house show title match. Yeah, I would say, yeah, it's a house show title match. So yeah, of course, you know, you, you'll get somebody that won't necessarily make it to TV. Unfortunately, they probably just gave away the result of the uh, the tag title match because. I think now it seems like, yeah, Pac and Phoenix probably not going to win now. I mean, I, was, I figured that would be unlikely either way. You know, hey, you never know. They could still shock the world. They've shocked us before. But, yeah, it seems like this Young Bucks tag title uh, is going to run for at least a while longer. Yeah, and that match is next week, it turns out. Yeah, that's what so, we got to look forward to. Overall, yeah, WrestleMania weekend, probably unnecessary this year you know yeah well uh nature agrees because it looks like uh the the first night of uh the showcase itself is 
going to be delayed at least in some fashion. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what happens, again, when you run outdoors. You, you run the risk of... Uh... What can you do? Yep. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Here we go. A storm rolls through Tam- from SB Nation. A storm rolls through Tampa hours before WrestleMania 37. Well. Yeah. Paul, go ahead and plug yourself. You can follow me on Twitter at ThickFlareTTV and on Twitch at Twitch.tv slash ThickFlare. This podcast at BGTD Podcast on Twitter. And also check out um, the Fake Fight Real Fight account because we might be back soon. FFRF Pod on Twitter. Uh, and also check out my homie Harry Mack at the Boogie's Basement. You can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter. My personal Twitter at GD Wessel 2 ss one l um, I don't really have anything else to plug this week, so um, I'm not doing any other shows this week. So, uh, yeah, this is it. Ooh. So, uh, Paul, any last words? Synergy. Delicious corporate synergy. Of the delicious corporate variety. We'll see you next week. <laughs>